Man, have you all ever had that foot-in-your-mouth feeling? That foot-in-your-mouth feeling. Now, if you don't know what that means, let me explain it to you. That feeling where you just said the worst thing at the worst time. Like you just said something really dumb. And everybody around you is like, what did they just say? Are they, are they stupid? And they start like thinking things about you like, man, why, how, why would they say that? Like what's going on? Like by show of hands, who's, who's, who's had that feeling before? Yeah, front row, your guys' hands should be up, right? Your hands should be up. Now listen, I do this all the time. I, I, I know that's hard to believe, right? I seem like the most sophisticated and I'm always going to say the right thing, right? Yep, that's what everybody's thinking. Awesome. <laughs> no, I put my foot in my mouth all the time, figuratively, not literally. I, I can't do that, all right? But all the time, like for example, every time I go to the movies, I get my ticket, and I go up to the line to get a bag of popcorn because movie theater popcorn is the best, best popcorn by far, by far. And so I walk up, and I'm like, hey, can I get a, a, a thing of popcorn? And like, yeah, they give it. I pay for it, and they go, hey, I hope you enjoy your movie. And without fail every time, you too. And they just look at you like you're the dumbest person ever. I'm not going to see a movie. Like, they are about to work an eight-hour shift, and I'm going to go enjoy myself watching a movie, pigging myself out on popcorn, and I just told them to enjoy the movie. I walk away every time feeling so dumb. Or another example, every time I go and play golf. I'll go into the pro shop. I'll walk up to the counter. I'll pay for my round, and, and the guy will be like, hey, I hope you enjoy your round. You too. And he just looks at me the same way every time, like, bro, stop saying that. I, I, I'm, I have to work. What's wrong with you? You're going to go enjoy golf on your day off. I'm working. And again, I walk out, like, with my head hung low, like, oh, I hope he didn't, like, realize I said that. I feel so dumb. But nothing will ever be as bad as a time in middle school, when I said the worst thing at the worst time. I'm, at stu- I'm in student ministry, right? Bell Shoals student ministry, I'm there. We've finished Wednesday night service and we've gone to small group. And so I'm, I'm in small group and that night we had combined with, with the girls and so I'm sitting next to my best friend like right here. Like I'm just sitting in my circle and we're having a great time. We're making jokes, we're having fun. We have no idea what's going on. And so my friend, he, he, he makes a joke, and, and I'm like, that was a dumb joke. What's wrong with you? And so in that moment, there was a show that was really popular called iCarly. All right? Some of you don't know what that is. Some of you do. And there was a joke that me and my friend would say to each other all the time. It wasn't even really funny. It was really dumb, but I said it. And I was like, bro, shut up. Your mom fell out a window. All right? Really dumb. It's not funny. I'll admit it. Not funny. I'm not a very funny person. All right? But thank you, Ava. I appreciate that. But I just made that comment. We die in laughter because we think it's so funny. Well, little did I know that the person sitting next to me, mom, had just gotten seriously injured. 
And I had made this joke, not knowing what I was saying or who around me it would affect. And man, she got really mad. She got really angry. And after group time, she yelled at me in front of everyone. Why would you make that joke? Are you kidding me? And just like rip me up and down. I'm just like, what is, what's, I'm so sorry. And I didn't know what I did. But I put my foot in my mouth because I said the wrong thing at the worst time possible. You see, tonight we are starting a brand new teaching series called My Big Fat Mouth. You know, research shows us that the average person uses 7,000 words a day. And now some of you, you use way over that. Including me, I use way more than 7,000 words a day. I was quickly reminded by, by Brittany this week that I do that. Um, but, you see, we say things that are funny. We say things that are rude, inappropriate, and even things we don't mean, like in my story earlier. And we use our words to do all kinds of things. But unfortunately, a lot of the times, we also use our words to bully other people to lie, to complain, and to gossip. And unfortunately, in today's world, these things, these four topics, they're often celebrated or encouraged. Like, hey, you, you should, like, go, you can go and gossip about other people. Like, oh, no, that's good. I'm glad that you did that. But you see, throughout this series, we're going to look at how our words are powerful, how they can destroy relationships, how they can weaken our ability to represent Christ and how they can separate us from the life that God wants us to live. You see, in this series, we'll acknowledge how common these things are, how often we do them, but also how we can avoid letting our big fat mouth getting us into trouble. All right, so tonight, the first topic that we're going to be looking at is the topic of bullying. Can everybody say bullying? Bullying. Well, before we get into what scripture says about bullying, I think we first need to define what bullying is. And so I got a definition that, that I liked, and it says bullying is a form of aggressive behavior in which someone intentionally and repeatedly causes another person injury or discomfort. You see, bullying is unwelcomed and hostile actions towards somebody else. Be behavior used to victimize others by a variety of different tactics. You see, such as when, when people bully someone, sometimes they use intimidation. They, they threaten the other person. They, they intentionally exclude them from a certain activity. They'll, or they'll, they'll often spread rumors and lies about the person that they are bullying. Or in today's world, we see that cyberbullying has become extremely common. Where people hide behind a screen and they use their words on social media and texting and on the internet to bully other people. And you see, bullying can be physical, but oftentimes bullying is done through our words. But what causes this type of behavior? Like, why would anyone do this? You see, the driving force behind bullying, it varies from person to person. 
It varies from, from case to case. However, they all typically share a couple of the same characteristics. And usually it's selfishness and it's pride. For example, people will bully others be, because they want to get what they want. It'll gain them popularity because they'll be able to fit in with that certain crowd if they bully that, that type of a person. Or, or it'll, it'll make themselves feel better about themselves because they have some insecurities about who they are. And so they put the other person down in order to make themselves feel powerful, feel better than them. And so they put others down in order to lift themselves up. And you see, when someone is bullied, there are lasting harmful impacts to that person. Those who are bullied can develop mental health problems. They can develop anxiety, depression, and they can feel lonely and isolated like nobody's there for them. They don't have any friends, and they can withdraw from activities that they once loved. But you see, listen, right off the bat, as we jump into this, if you have ever been bullied, I want to say that I'm sorry. Like before we even dive into it, if you have ever been bullied, if somebody has ever said anything to you to insult you, to put you down, I want to apologize to you. And I want you to know that that is not okay. That what they said about you is not okay. And tonight, we're going to see that found throughout Scripture. You see, the Bible, it doesn't speak specifically about bullies or bullying. Like, we don't really see that word throughout Scripture. It's not one of the Ten Commandments of thou shalt not bully. But throughout Scripture, we find principles that apply to this issue. For examples, as followers of Jesus, we are called to love for, to care for, and to speak kindly to other people. And that is evident throughout the Bible. See, in Leviticus 19, 18, it says this. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. See, way back in the Old Testament, in one of the first three books of the Bible, Moses is, is giving commands to the people of Israel. And these are commands for holiness. And he tells them, hey, don't hold a grudge against your neighbor. Instead, love your neighbor as yourself. And this is what Moses says to wrap up all of the earlier commands he had given the people. All the commands that he had told them, he ends with this one. Because you see, these words right here are the literary center of Leviticus chapter 19. And not only are, are they the center of this chapter, but this command is one of the two major commands in the Bible as a whole. Like how many of you have heard the statement, love your neighbor as yourself before? Like if you've grown up in church, as a lot of you have by just the show of hands, you've all heard this. You've all heard this said before, whether it was by your mom, whether it was by your dad, whether it was by your, your life group teacher, whatever it was, you've heard the statement. And you also probably know that Jesus said this during his time on earth. See, in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus, he's teaching the people. I know that's crazy, right? Jesus is teaching other people. 
That's weird. Jesus did that? I'm kidding. Obviously, Jesus did that. But while he is doing this, the Pharisees are trying to trick him. They're trying to to make him look foolish. And so they ask Jesus, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? They're like, we got Jesus this time. We tricked him. He's not going to know how to answer this. But Jesus replied in Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, Jesus, like he always does, he has his drop the mic moment with the Pharisees trying to trick him. Like they finally think they've trapped Jesus. He's not going to be able to get out of this one. He's not going to be able to answer it in the right way. We got him. But Jesus is like, nope, nope, I got you. The first and greatest commandment is the love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the greatest commandment. But then Jesus follows it up immediately by saying, and the second is love your neighbor as yourself. And he's quoting back to this Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18 verse. But what I also want you to notice is, is Jesus isn't saying that one of these commandments is greater than the other. He's not saying, hey, loving the Lord your God with all, all your soul, that's better than loving your neighbor. But, but it's second. He's not saying that. But instead, what Jesus is saying is that you can't love the Lord your God without loving your neighbor as yourself. And you can't love your neighbor as yourself if you don't love God. They go hand in hand. They work together. Because listen, you can't love God and not love other people. Because self-disciplined care for others isn't love. But love is what comes from God. God is love. And you see, love in its truest form demands abandonment of self to God. And that's what Leviticus 19 and Matthew 22 are saying. And they're not speaking directly to bullying or, or mentioning the word exactly. However, they speak to the principles that directly revolve around it. That we, as followers of Jesus, are called to love our God and to love our neighbor. And to do that, we need to abandon ourselves and look only to God. We need to love, care for, and speak kindly to our neighbor. And now I don't know about you, but that kind of makes it seem like we probably shouldn't bully other people. Because bullying isn't in any way loving somebody else. In no way is bullying loving your neighbor. Like Jesus didn't say, hey, love God, love your neighbor, but hey, put other people down if it makes you feel better. Or Jesus didn't say, love your neighbor, but if they are weak and not cool, well, then make fun of them. Laugh at them. Talk about them behind your back. No. Jesus said, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And so I want you to hear me very clearly when I say this. 
If you are a follower of Jesus, then you should not bully others. You shouldn't. It's, it's very clear that you should not bully other people. But instead, we should treat them with love and compassion. We aren't called to intimidate, make fun of, or insult others, but we are called to love them. But you know, sadly, I don't think we always do this. And I'm sure a lot of us in here at some point in our life has bullied somebody else. And you know, if I'm being honest with you guys, I I have as well. I have used my words to put other people down, to make fun of them, to laugh at them. And you know what? Admitting that to you right now, like I'm really ashamed to admit that. I'm really ashamed to admit that that I have bullied other people in my life. Because what I said hurt someone else. It destroyed my relationship with that person. And it also hurt my ability to represent Christ. And listen, if you bully someone... It does that same thing to you. It's going to hurt that relationship that you have with that person. It's going to hurt your ability to represent Christ. Because other people are going to see you as a bully, not a follower of Jesus. And you see, I don't want that for any one of you. And I want you to see that as followers of Jesus, we're called to love others. And we're called to use our words to build others up. In Ephesians 4.29, it says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. You see, the word unwholesome here is referring to... Anything that is evil, of poor quality, and that is harmful. The words that you use to bully someone match all of those qualities. They are hurtful, they are harmful, they are evil, and they are of poor quality. And so if you're bullying someone else, then you need to stop. Because you're going directly against what God has called us to do. We aren't to use our words to tear others down, but we should be building others back up. And so before we continue and and we look at how Christians should respond to bullying, I want to encourage you, if you're here tonight and you are bullying other people, and you're making fun of, of somebody in your life, I want to encourage you to do two things. And these two things are going to be difficult. But first, I want you and I want to encourage you to go and reconcile with the person that you are using your words to hurt. I want you to go up to them and apologize to them. To ask for their forgiveness. And I don't mean just going, oh, hey, I'm sorry, I hope you forgive me, and then walking away. But I mean going up to them and saying, hey, 
I am sorry that I've used my words to hurt you. I'm sorry that I have hurt our relationship and I want to ask for your forgiveness. And this is going to be difficult and you're going to have to swallow your pride to do it. But I want to encourage you to take that step. And then second, I want to encourage you to go before God and ask for his forgiveness. And to ask for his help for you to stop. You see, God's grace is more than enough to cover and to help you to not use your words to bully others. But God can help you use your words to build others up. Which as followers of Jesus, we need to do. You see, it is very evident that Christians, that followers of Jesus, shouldn't bully other people. But how should we respond to bullying? How should a follower of Jesus respond to bullying? And so as we wrap up tonight, I want to take a look at two different situations where you would need to respond to bullying. And the first situation is this, when you are a witness to bullying. When you are a witness to bullying. You see, there are many different ways that that we observe bullying. You know, you can observe bullying from a distance. Where you see it happening at your school, on your sports team, or, or whatever, and you don't really know those people that, are, that are, are going at it. You don't know really who they are, and you're not involved in the situation, but you witness it because you saw it happen. Or other times, you can witness it because one of your friends has come up to you and they've confided in you that they are being bullied. That somebody is is making fun of them, is insulting them, and it's this constant attack that they're going through. Or another way that that a lot of us witness bullying is is one of our friends is doing it around us. Where they're bullying somebody else while we're there, and, and we've seen it happen. It has happened right in front of us. And I'm sure most of you in here have, have, probably, have probably witnessed bullying in one of these ways. Where you've observed it from a distance, somebody has told you that it's happened to them, or one of your friends has done it. And typically, when we witness bullying, we respond in a couple of different ways. A, a, a common response is we just pretend that we didn't notice it. Ah, I didn't see that happen. No, no. And we just kind of like close our eyes and walk away. And we're like, nope, I didn't see it. I don't know what happened. And we kind of just play dumb to it altogether. Or otherwise, we, we just stay quiet about it. Like we know it happened. We don't deny that we, we witnessed it. But we don't want to say anything because we don't want to be a snitch. We don't, we don't want to get that other person in trouble. Or it's not my business. I don't need to get involved. Like they can figure it out. On their own. Or occasionally we'll, we'll even join in with our friend who is bullying someone else. And we'll jump in and we'll start making fun of them and, and just joining in. Using our words to insult that person. We don't step in and stop. We don't go and tell someone else. But no, we just jump in with them. But you see, listen, none of those ways... Or how, a Christ, or, how, or how a Christian should respond to bullying. 
Like you should not respond to witnessing bullying in any of those ways. Instead, as followers of Jesus, we should step in and help. The psalmist wrote this. Psalm 82.4, rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hands of the wicked. You see, this verse is God saying that we need to rescue the weak and the needy. To deliver them from the hand of the wicked. That as followers of Jesus, we should be there for those who are crying for help. For those who are being oppressed and afflicted, we should come to their aid and support them. And this means coming alongside of them. Stepping out and saying something, responding in a way that isn't just shying away, staying quiet, or joining in. You see, the way that you come alongside of someone will look different depending on the situation that you're in. You see, sometimes the best option in responding and coming alongside of someone who's being bullied is to just pray for that person. Is to just pray for them. Ask God to to give them strength. Ask God to give them encouragement, to, to help them endure the situation that they're walking through. Or it also means, you know what, praying for the person bullying them. Because, you know, sometimes we just leave that out and we're like, no, I'm not praying for that person. They don't deserve it. Well, listen, that person needs prayer too. Don't just forget about them because you're mad at them or they did something wrong. Pray for them that God would break their heart and that God would help them stop. Or, you know, other times the best option would would be to come alongside of that friend and to help walk them through it. Give them advice. Give them encouragement. Point them towards Scripture. Point them towards Jesus and his love for them. You know, other times it it might mean that, that you speak up and you say something to someone. Whether it's a teacher or a guidance counselor at school. Whether it's a a parent where you have to step in and say, hey, this is happening. Or whether it's a leader or or me here at church where, hey, hey, you need to know about this. This is happening. I can't stay quiet about this. I can't keep this to myself. Because sometimes the best option is letting somebody else step in. And don't think that you're a snitch and people are going to hate you and people aren't going to like you because you, you said something to someone. Because sometimes you need to. Sometimes you need to talk to somebody else. Or you know what? It also might mean that you step up and you stand in for that person in the moment it happens. Where you step in and and you tell the person who's bullying, hey, this isn't cool. Hey, you need to stop this. This is not good. But don't hear me say this and think, all right, well, John gave me permission to go and yell at that person. Or John gave me permission to go in and punch that bully in the face. No, I'm not saying that. Please don't do that. Do not go in and threaten harm to them. Do not go in and start bullying them. 
Because in Romans, Paul says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right. You see, instead of stepping in and causing more of an issue by yelling at them or, or bullying them or, or punching them in the face, you should step in and, and just say, hey, that's not cool. Hey, you need to stop. You need to treat other people with kindness. You see, we as Christians, we need to respond to bullying. But we need to respond to it in the correct way. And now second, how a Christian should respond to bullying is when you are a victim of bullying. When you are a victim of bullying. And now first, I know I already said it, but I'm going to say it again. If you are being bullied right now, or you have ever been bullied in your life, I want you to hear it from me that I am truly sorry. That I'm sorry that that happened to you. That I'm sorry that that person used their words to insult you, to make fun of you, to laugh at you, to put you down. And I want you to hear from me that that is not okay and you don't deserve that. And I want you to know that we here at Bell Shoals and in this student ministry, your leaders, myself, Pastor Stephen, Sam, we all love you and we care about you. So I want to get that off my chest right away is that's not okay. But listen, there is evil in our world and people are going to say things and they're going to use their words to hurt you. And as Christians, we need to know how we should respond when that happens or if that happens. You see, as Christians, you should respond and you're going to think I'm crazy or maybe you've heard it before, but you should respond by turning the other cheek. You see, listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5. He says, you have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. You see, here Jesus is preaching arguably one of the most famous sermons ever preached. The Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus says what to do if someone slaps you in the face. And he says, hey, turn the other cheek. And now in this day, if somebody slapped you in the face, it was considered a great insult. And I say in that day, but, you know, I think if somebody slapped us in the face today, it would also be considered a great insult. But you see, Jesus is saying, if they insult you, then turn the other cheek. And now don't, don't hear this and, and mishear what I'm saying. Jesus is not saying, be passive. Allow somebody to insult you. Allow somebody to make fun of you, to, to insult you, to bully you. Instead, the idea that Jesus is getting at is don't return an insult with an insult. You see, when somebody verbally insults you, makes fun of you, don't in turn then insult them. Don't respond to them the way that they're treating you. If someone lies or spreads a rumor about you, don't then go and lie and spread rumors about them. When someone tries to belittle you, assert their power over you, manipulate you, don't then try and manipulate them. 
Because listen, you can resist manipulation without being manipulative in return. You see, the biblical response for bullying as followers of Jesus is to turn the other cheek. And now again, don't hear this and think, hey, I'm telling you to be passive. I'm telling, them, I'm telling you like, hey, allow them to bully you. No, I'm not saying that. Like if somebody is bullying you, defend yourself. Stand up for yourself. Protect yourself. Don't let them bully you. But you need to do it in a biblical way. Don't fight back. Don't seek revenge. Don't return evil with evil. Instead, you should respond to your bully with kindness and love. And that might sound crazy too. Like, John, you want me to love my bully? You want me to be kind to them? What are you saying? Why would I do that? They're making fun of me. They're hurting me. And you know what? It's going to be extremely difficult to respond in this way. And it's going to be hard to respond with love. And it's going to be hard to respond with kindness. Especially when you're in that situation during the moment. It's going to be hard. Because you feel angry. You're upset, like you're defeated in that moment. But what scripture calls us to do is to love our enemies and to pray for them. To overwhelm their evil, their hurtful comments with the goodness and the love of God. And you know what? This may look like saying nothing. This may look like, you know what, I'm not going to say anything because in this moment I'm going to be rude. I'm going to insult them back. Like maybe I just need to be quiet here. It may look like going and telling somebody, letting somebody else know, don't try and do it alone, don't try and walk through it yourself, but go and tell somebody. Or it also might look like removing yourself from that situation, removing yourself from that person, not putting yourself around them. You see, you need to respond with love. You need to respond with kindness. And sticking up for yourself in this way, it may be difficult to do, but if you're able to stay calm, if you're able to respond in a loving manner while still defending yourself, then you will be able to defend yourself against that bully. And now as we end tonight, I want to go back and I want to talk to those of you in the room who have been a victim of bullying. Whether that's right now, whether you've experienced that in the past, then I want you to hear this. What that person has said about you, the insults that you have heard, they are not true. Listen, you are not what they've called you. You are not who they say that you are. Don't believe them for a second. Because listen, you're not who they say you are, but you are who God says that you are. Psalm 139 says this, For you are created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well my frame was not hidden from you 
When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you saw my, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How visit is the sum of them. Where, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You see, listen. What that person has said about you is not true. But what God says about you is and we just read it, God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Listen, you are not worthless. You are not alone. What they say about you is not true. Because listen, God says that you are worth it. God says that you are valued. God says that you are accepted. And God loves you. Don't believe that bully for a second. But instead, turn to Scripture and look what God says. Because God loves you. He cares for you. He values you. He accepts you. And you are worth it. Turn to God. Don't respond to bullying by believing what they say because it's not true. God loves you. God vows you. And you are who God says that you are, not who they say that you are. Let's pray. Dear God, I'm so thankful for who you say that I am. God, I'm so thankful for your love for us. God, that you value us. God, that you care about us. God, that you accept us. And so God, right now, I want to pray over every person in this room. That God, if they are experiencing bullying, if they are experiencing insulting words and hurtful comments, that God, they know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you love them, that you care about them, and that what they are being told is not who you say that they are. So God, I pray that you give encouragement to everyone. And that you show them your love for them. God, we love you and we praise you. And we pray all these things in your son, Jesus Christ's name.